to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. My guest today doesn't really need an introduction. I'm talking to world-famous comedian and actor Kevin Hart. And he's joining us right in the middle of his international comedy tour where he's selling out stadiums everywhere. He's also a New York Times bestselling author. And today we're talking about his newest Audible original called Monsters and How to Tame Them. It's a great book about all those unhelpful things our brains tell us sometimes. Like we have to do it all or we have to be in control of everything all the time. Kevin offers solid advice on how to tame the six monsters that we all battle in our minds. After he describes the monsters, he explains how to go monster hunting so you can identify which ones bother you most. And he also shares how the monsters sometimes all work together and how we can recognize them. He makes it clear that we don't need to kill these monsters, but instead, we can learn to tame them and use them to our advantage. And of course, since it's written and narrated by Kevin, it's really funny. Some of the things he talks about on the show today are the monsters he continues to wrestle with, the voice in your head that insists you can't ever go backwards, and how to deal with the monster that tells you you have to do it all. Make sure to stick around until the end of the episode for the therapist's take. It's the part of the show where I'll give you my take on the strategies Kevin shares and explain how you can apply them to your own life. So here's Kevin Hart on how to tame our monsters. Kevin Hart, welcome to the Very Well Mind podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm glad you, uh, what what do I say? It's very good to be welcome. There you go. It's a good (laughs) feeling to be welcome. (laughs) So I listened to your latest book, Monsters and How to Tame Them. And I listened to it mostly at the gym. And I have to say, it's very difficult to listen to your book while you're working out. I can't say how many times I almost dropped a dumbbell on my foot because I found myself laughing out loud in the middle of the gym. And you did something that's really hard to do. You took really wise mental health advice and made it fun and funny. Yes. So good work on doing that. I'm a therapist. A lot of what I talk about is dry kind of stuff, like talking about your self-talk and making it more positive. But you did this really creative thing by talking about it in terms of taming your monsters. I loved it. Yes. I feel like um I feel like that's my that's my entry um into a space that uh a lot of people know is um you know it's kind of it, it's kind of the same, right? Not that it's the same information, but it's the same as far as how we're receiving information um when it comes to bettering ourselves, improving ourselves, working on ourselves, um, there's a language and there's a tone that's attached to it. And what I wanted to do was kind of, I wanted to be myself and be transparent and be authentic, of course, about the things that I've been through, uh, my ups, downs, but more importantly, the realizations um, that I've had in, in being aware of the different versions of myself that, that I know to be true and that I know, I know that I help create, empower, um, and more importantly, um, I, I ultimately 
gave them the platform to do the things that they did. And when I'm speaking about they, we're, we're, we're of course talking about the monsters that I'm talking about uh, in this Audible original. And, you know, just as an example, the, the way that I identify with them was when I had a moment to kind of sit down um, and the fog cleared from everything that I was doing. And there was like a roadblock where I felt like I wasn't getting to the next step. I wasn't, I wasn't, it, it was something that I was looking for and it wasn't happening. And it, it's not that it wasn't happening. It's that I wasn't allowing myself to see it because it wasn't happening at a certain level. And there was this one monster that I talk about where it was the uh, can't go backwards monster, right? And it's like, if I'm not doing more than what I did before, then I'm failing. I felt that I was failing. I was like, well, I'm not achieving the same level of success. This thing didn't make the same amount of money or didn't do the same business. So that's not good. That means I'm failing. And I had to realize like the things that I had done in the past and I was comparing myself to or that I was trying to achieve again, they were lightning in a bottle moments, right? Some things can't be duplicated. Some things won't be duplicated. And you may come close to doing it again, but if it never happens, that's not bad. It's good. What's good is that you're giving your all, you're applying 110% of you within your efforts um, to just make something good. And that's the big win. The big win is completion. The big win is loving what you do. And the big win is providing uh, the world in my business um, with content, with feel-good content. And I had to take a step back and realize that I was still having success, but I was ignoring the level of it because this particular monster wanted to surpass something that was done already. And if that wasn't it, then that monster wasn't allowing me to see the good within the journey that I had of getting to the next stage or step in this portion of my career. And there were several different versions of things like that that I saw um, where it was the can't go backwards monster. It was the validation monster. I found these things all kind of finding synergy within themselves. Like I was looking for validation. And if nobody gave me validation, then it was like, are they watching what I'm doing? Is this not good? Do people not think what I'm doing is good? Am I not? Is this not good enough? Like, what's happening right now? How come nobody's saying, good job? Did they not see the numbers from this? Do they not see that the audience said, like, why aren't people talking about it? It's like, I if, if I wasn't hearing or getting, then it was like, then this thing didn't work or it wasn't working. And it was. But the volume that I wanted to hear it at, it wasn't the same as the volume that I heard something a while ago at. So I was choosing to ignore it. And it's like, I just found this weird balance of calm, of calm and understanding um, and confidence in what I was doing and the decisions that I was making. And also, um, and just identifying where I felt I was right and where I was wrong. And that's where I, I, I got a crazy balance of understanding of how to control the quote unquote monsters, not kill them, not not throw them away. It was control because they they serve moments of amazing value. And then there's a downfall to them as well. So it's about how you find a positive and negative within this space and how you best navigate. And I and I think I've done a good job uh through through the years of just getting smarter and more importantly, um maturing, maturing and and being okay with looking in the mirror. Um, and telling myself about my rights and my wrongs. You did an amazing job of identifying these six monsters that we can all relate to. 
as a therapist, I know a lot of people come into my office and they struggle with those six things, but they think they're the only ones struggling with it. You figured out, okay, I struggle with it, but so do so many other people. Absolutely. And that's how you make it so funny. You do this in your stand-up too. Like you don't always say the punchline. Sometimes you just raise your eyebrow and the audience thinks the punchline because you know enough to know other people think what like I do. Absolutely. How did you figure out that these six things are fairly universal, something that we all struggle with? Because, because we would all love to be so different and so unique, right? Like there, there's such a want to be different. And by the way, I embrace the world of difference and separation, right? I get it. Like nobody wants to be the same. Um, but you can't ignore that we kind of are, right? Like there's, there's a lot of similarities and personality traits that we all have. There's a lot of things that we all suffer from. And if you find uh, this template, right? Like this, this, this template that, I'm, that I spoke from in addressing what these things were, uh, the most relatable moments for me or that the things that I found most relatable is through what you just said, through my stand-up. And, and me doing stand-up comedy, I get my laughs because I talk about my life, but I talk about the things in my life that I feel are universal, right? We all have family. Um, and that family can consist of mom, dad, cousins. Uh, we all have friends. Uh, some of those friendships can be long. Uh, some can be short. We have best friends. We have friends that we lost contact with. Um, we all had some sort of schooling. Whether we finished or not, we started out with the idea of going. And the idea of completing it was supposed to get us to success. These are all similarities that we share. Some of us get married. Some of us don't. Some people get divorced. Some people don't. Uh, some have kids. Some don't. Some people want kids. Some don't. These are all things that you don't have to be a rocket science to figure out, but it's all things that in life that sit in the pot that we all can kind of reach in and pick out from. Well, it's the same thing when you talk about uh, just, just throwing ballpark things out there. When you talk about the idea of love, when you talk about the idea of happy, you talk about sad, um, you talk about greed, you talk about jealousy, um, envy. Um, you know, these are things that regardless of who, what, that we can identify with, right? We all suffer from uh, motivation, right? Uh, inspiration, your reason, your get up and go. Some people have it, some people don't. We all battle with ourselves. I don't care who you are. There's a battle that you have with yourself. Am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Is this enough? Am I going to make it? What is your version of make it? What is your version of success? And sometimes because these versions of success that we create are so broad or so small, sometimes we ignore the baby steps that can act as high levels of success, right? A lot of it comes within the way that we view things. And not because we're wrong, it's just because we're looking at it through a specific lens. And what I've done is I've opened up my POV. My point of view is no longer narrow. It's, it's a lot wider than what, it, than what it once was. And this POV that I have now is one of understanding I don't know it all. I don't have all the answers. And sometimes information is the best source of like, it's the best source of opportunity or the best source for future opportunity. Just information. 
just hearing from others, listening to others, listening to what some have went through or how some have done or how some have failed and got back up or how some have failed and decided not to get back up and choose another path. What you notice is that life presents several different opportunities. It's all about the ones that we decide to take. And it doesn't mean that if you take one and failed in one and another one isn't here for you. But this is stuff that people need to hear because what you just said that's so important is it's not just you. You're not the only one that thinks or feels the way you're feeling. There are others that have the same thoughts. And if you were to hear from some or hear the stories of others, you would get an amazing aha moment of going, okay, wait, I got to stop sitting in my woe as if it's the end of the world and realize that the world is going to keep going with or without me. How do I best utilize myself and put myself in this space to where I catch up to what I feel I should be or where I should have been? Um, I told you in this, in this Audible original about a lot of my downfalls, about a, yes, lot, of my, a lot of my goddamn falls are significant. And I had a choice to sit there. I had a choice to not get back up. I had a choice to go fuck this. This is this is way too much. Like it's so much. There's nothing that I've done that has come easy. There's nothing that has not presented an opportunity for me to quit at any point. There's never not been a door that I could have walked through to not go back or to attempt to do the things that I wanted to do. I had an option to quit in all of it. I had an option. These monsters have presented the world of good, the world of bad to me on so many different levels. Um, but what I did have was persistence. I did have a conscious um, idea of the effort that should be put into to being persistent and sticking through with the thing that I wanted. And I didn't believe in not finishing. That's the biggest goal or the biggest lesson that was ever taught to me was you don't start things that you're not going to finish. And that's a monster until this day that I have not been able to put to rest. I've managed all the other ones. I can control all the other monsters, right? Um, yep. But this, 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 this monster of completion, I've yet to been able to control. If I start something, I have to finish it. I have to be able to say I did it, good or bad, it's done. I said I would do it. I did it. It's done. That monster is probably my best friend. That monster uh, is a monster that was in my mom. And that's a monster that worked on me while my mom was alive. And it's the one thing that I think has helped me the most, the attachment to that monster. But then at the same time, um, there's other monsters that have presented themselves in this same space that I had to that I had to control, right? That and those monsters were on the road to completion, realizing that you can't do it all yourself. Yes. That right? was one of the things I liked about your book is you talk about all of these monsters, how they sometimes work together, and then how to tame them, how to identify which ones are you're struggling with how they sometimes are your friend and sometimes they're your enemy, but how to tame them in a way that's useful. So you talk about, say, the do-it-all do monster. Mm -hmm. Well, you're Kevin Hart. You, you really do do it all. Like, you open a restaurant. You're in the middle of a huge comedy tour. You've got a New York Times bestselling books out there. 
And yet you still figure out you can't do everything yourself and you find things to say no to. How do you still decide what to say yes to and when to say no to something? Well, the do it all monster was a, this was a, this was one that I fed for a long time. The do it all monster was putting so much on my plate and feeling like I had to control it all. Right. Like nothing can happen without me, my decisions. I got to control it all. I got to, I have to like basically hand walk everything. Um, and that's, that's, it's not that it's bad to want to be a part of the things that you're doing. It's not, it's not bad to want to be involved. It's bad when you don't want to let other people or when you don't want to support the world of talent that people can bring to the table of business that you're in. I had to learn to not only hire people, but to allow those people to do the jobs that I brought him, that I brought them here to do. And you have to be a springboard for greatness for others, not just yourself. And another person's success ultimately can be my success, but more importantly, um, it's the idea of teams. It's the the idea of understanding, listening. All of this stuff comes when you realize that you can't do it all. When you can't do it all, the other monsters, the ego, the, you know, like there's so many other monsters that, that have to get put to bed because you're now in a position to listen, to understand, to hear and agree. And if you disagree, well, it's not about people being wrong. It's about, are we all on the same agenda or plan? And if not, how do we get there? So my, my CEO hat is so much better now because the world of delegating is not done with an iron fist. Um, everything is done with, the, with an idea of compromise and also the possibility to find solution within anything, right? Uh, it's not about debating. It's not about right or wrong. It's about achieving the task at hand. And the do-it-all monster for a long time didn't allow me to see that, didn't allow me to understand that that existed. So when you ask the question of how do I do it all, I do it all with the help of amazing people that I've put around me, um, amazing CEOs that I've hired, presidents that I've hired, uh, creators, head of development, SVPs, CFOs. I mean, when you talk about um, corporate structure and you talk about why it exists, well, these people and these titles serve a valuable purpose. And I had to learn and understand that. And I'm so grateful for my world of wrongs that presented itself before I got to my world of rights, because I wouldn't know what to do in this chair now if I didn't do it all at one point and if I didn't mess up. So, you know, I say these things to show um, and be an example of failure to a high level, right? Like, you know, in, in failure, the biggest win that I want people to take away is identifying, going, okay, yeah, I failed. Okay, this didn't work. But now I know what to do and how to step forward to make my next thing work. Nothing's ever dead. A moment's never done. It's a, it's a roadblock. It's a speed bump. But you can always start again. That's the beauty of, of what our world presents in opportunities. Entrepreneurs are entrepreneurs for a reason, right? Like thinking of things and saying you want to do them, everybody does. The person that actually does it stands out because they don't take no for an answer and they figure it out. If you're willing to figure it out and if you're willing to fail, if you're willing to step backwards multiple times to take that one big step forward, life will get better 
success will be on the horizon. Uh, and that's a fact. That's not a hypothetical. It's a fact. And that kind of reminds me of when you talked about the not me monster. So oh. the example you give is like, we would all say texting and driving is bad and you'll get in an accident. But when it comes to us, we send, I mean, who hasn't sent a text message when they're driving? Because we think, well, not me. I'm not going to get an accident. But not then you me. also talk in the book about how the not me monster can help. When people would tell you, Kevin, don't drive to New York City to waste all this time doing these attempts at comedy shows because it's not going to work. Then you were able to say, well, no, not me. If that's not going to hold me back. I'm going to do it anyway. So how do you find the ways to say, I'm going to tame a monster like this in a way and make it productive? I love that you brought this up because it's such a good example of, of playing both sides, right? Like the not me monster is one um, that can present the world of ignorance, right? Like you, when you feel like you're untouchable, I got to a certain place in fame where I felt like I was untouchable. I can do this. Yeah, I don't care. I know that's what they say, but not me. It's not what happened to me. Not me. I'm fine, right? I can go here and do that. Please, not me. <laughs> Everybody else may run into that problem, but not me. That's not going to happen. Um, and that not me monster, um, it grows because there's certain things around you where you do feel like you're invincible, right? Like people have to call in for reservations, but not me. I'm just going to show up. They'll have a table for me. And guess what? I show up and they figure it out and find a table for me. Not me. I don't have to follow those rules. What are you talking about? That line? I'm not waiting that line. Not me. I'm just going to go to the front and show my faith. These things have helped uh, empower this idea of not me. Yeah, I don't, please stop, man. I'm not. What? Slow down. I ain't going to get a speeding ticket. Not me. What are you talking about? Not me. Cop pulls you over and the cop goes, hey, look, man, slow down. I know who you are. Just be careful. All right, all right, yeah, because not me, right? These things have happened. And it's not until something happens that gives you the wake-up call of, holy shoe. I'm not invincible. I'm not untouchable. Oh, my God. And that thing, that thing, it can be life-threatening. It can be, it can be career-threatening. Whatever it is, it can be a major eye-opener, right? of where your understanding of what can happen to you or what you think that you are invincible from. I mean, you know, we just went through a crazy pandemic and the idea of catching COVID to some was, it was the scariest thing ever. But to some, not me, I ain't gonna catch it. It ain't gonna be nothing to me, that's everybody else. But then when it happens or happened, some had to change fast, right? Like it was, that's just an example of, the mindset of understanding as to what some may be going through, but what you feel would never happen to you. You feel like you're in control and you're not. Now, the difference, when people tell you that you can't do something, when people tell you what you're not capable of, when people tell you that there's no way in the world that one can do, well, that's different. Because now you're speaking as if you know how I work. Now you're speaking as if you know my, um, my level of ambition, my level of care, my level of go that I'll attach to the thing that I want to do. Well, now you're, now you're just telling me that I can't do something based off of others that didn't do it, but they aren't me. I didn't do it yet. I didn't fail yet. So why are you speaking as if I did? Well, that isn't satisfying for me. No, I am going to do it. Kevin, you can't run a marathon. Why can't I? Because you can't. You never ran a marathon before. That don't mean I can't run one. <laughs> you ain't going to run one this fast. 
Not like this. Yeah, I will. No. No, you won't. Uh, listen, I don't know you think I am, but I'm not the guy that's not going to do something that says he's going to do it. I will run a marathon. Matter of fact, I'm going to run two marathons because you pissed me off. Like, <laughs> that's a different energy, right? Um, you know, Kevin, performing in arenas is ridiculous in the round. You shouldn't do it. Why not? Why not? Well, Kevin, going over, going over that water and performing across the globe. I mean, come on, man. That's what you're going to do doing stand-up comedy? Hey, co- movies uh, with a comedy, with a black comedy lead, they don't transfer overseas. Why don't they? Why not? Well, I want to go overseas to promote it. All of those things are not me monster as value. So to some of these monsters that I'm speaking of and to those listening, you know, we're talking, of course, about um, my, my Audible original that was just released, Monsters of How to Tame Them. The beauty of it is, is that you, you understand a gift and a curse, right? There's a gift and a curse to them all. But if you understand that, when the curse presents itself, you're able to go, okay, well, oh, I'm doing that thing again, right? Like I remember me and my wife, we have a, a joke in the house because we'll sit and we'll talk and we'll have a calm conversation. And in that calm conversation, we come to a solution of, hey, when we do argue, let's make sure we take a step back and like take a break from the things about to present itself. And let's do the things that we said we were going to do, which is think about why this argument is happening. And let's really have a conversation rather than we have the argument. And there was a time when we was about to have an argument. And as soon as it happened, I started yelling. I said, see, this is what I'm talking about. And she just stopped talking. And right there instantly, I said, you know what? I apologize because that was the, that was the world of aggression attached to like the insecurity of it being me. Yeah. Happening because of me. And I instantly had to take a step back and I had to put that monster, I had to put that monster to bed. You go, get out of here. Get out of here because that monster serves no purpose in this moment. Right now, we're looking for a solution, and that solution is wrapped around a conversation. So let's let's talk. But that monster, it wanted to see. Like, it, it reared its head to see if I was going to let it loose. And if I didn't check it, well, then it would have been a bad situation. It would have been a bad conversation between my wife and I. But because I can identify, and I was able to kind of, okay, I found, a, I found a better approach. And that's not to say that I'm perfect. Those things happen all the time. But it's good to be aware. Definitely. And one of the things in the back of your book that I say back, it's not a physical book, it's an audio book. But one of the things near the end of the audio book that you talk about is to pay attention to what you laughed at, because that's what you probably relate to. And I I laughed at all the monsters. So I thought, all right, I got some work to do. Do you find in today's world, though, like what's funny? Has it changed over the years? What people will laugh at? Do you have to in the world of cancel culture? Do you have to be more careful about the jokes that you make? Absolutely. It's um. You know, like, look, let's be honest, right? I think, I think there's a lot of changes that were needed and necessary, right? Um, and I think being aware is something that we should all prioritize, of just being aware, right? We're, we're learning to better understand each other. Um, and in doing so, respect should be attached to that. Now, uh, there is a heightened level of sensitivity. There is a heightened level of opinion in today's time because social media has presented the world with a bunch of platforms where people can express themselves and how they feel. So now the things that we didn't hear on a regular basis, you are hearing, right? Like the conversations that you may not have been aware of 
what you are hearing because they're all happening in real time, whether it's Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitch, uh, uh, TikTok. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? With that being said, we can't lose the idea of laughing at ourselves. You can't lose that idea. That's a foundation that has existed for a very long time. And if we can't laugh at ourselves, then who can, right? If you're not able to look at the things that you know you don't do right or that you've done wrong or things that act as, you know, uh, glitches where you can be poked fun at or you can poke fun at yourself, then we're losing a side of humor in today's time. And that doesn't have to disappear. Um, once again, I try my best to be an example of transparency. I try my best to be an example of being authentic and and talking about the things that some people don't deem or consider funny, but being okay to laugh at it because you have to find humor in things. We're not supposed to walk around angry. The world is not supposed to be dark 24-7. The sun shines for a reason. It goes from day to night for a reason. So um, we should match that energy, right? Like we should have our moments of day, of happy, of life. We have teeth for a reason. Show them. Your mouth should not be closed all day. And your teeth are best shown through moments of relief and happiness. So um, with that being said, yeah, I, I feel like there's a line that now has been um, has been drawn and some people are tiptoeing around it and some people are aggressively crossing it. Um, what we have to better do is find a balance to where we can all stand on this line regardless of what side you stand on and hold each other's hand and knowing that we mean no harm. Uh, and and that, that, I think, is the goal at hand, right? Like, you know, there were times where uh, conversations was attached to my person that were completely untrue and so far from my reality. But I found myself in the battle because my ego presented itself and my ego had no understanding of how you had the audacity to say or accuse or suggest that I am and you don't know me. Well, because you don't know, I'll be damned if I'm, I'm not going to be the one. That, and that wasn't the right approach. You know, there was a, there was a better approach, but an approach that had to be learned. And, and when I was informed and given the opportunity to, to not only understand, but correct, well, then there was a better world of solution. I think we're, we're forgetting that there has to be a world that presents the opportunity to improve. Yes. Without that, what, like, what the fuck? Where do, where do we go? If everything is deemed bad once it's done and there is no other thing that you can do because you did the thing and that's it for you, well, what the hell? Well, if that's the case, then every baby is grown when they're born. Because you're saying that you can't make mistakes. And unfortunately, that's not how life works, Right. You have to make the mistakes to learn and to basically have real life examples of what you're supposed to grow from. And I hope in our world of comedy and the world of humor and understanding that we just don't forget the importance of a laugh. I think so too. So good for our mental health to be able to laugh. It is. And so... One last question for you would be then, if you could go back and tell 18-year-old Kevin a piece of advice, what would you say? I'm going to be honest with you. 
and I stand on this. I wouldn't go back and tell 18-year-old Kevin a damn thing. Because 18-year-old Kevin, he did a lot of good. He did a lot of bad. But 43-year-old Kevin wouldn't be this Kevin without dumbass 18-year-old Kevin. So if anything, my advice would be to continue, right? Like, uh, continue. I was raised as a, 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 a loving child with a great heart that wanted the best for any and everybody around me. There's not a despicable bone in my body that never has been. Um, I'm a lover of the people. I love people. Always have. So if there was anything that young Kevin had in him that was something other than that, then maybe the world of information and advice should present itself. But it wasn't. I was an awful student. Uh, I have a, a lot of the things that my mom made me do. And in doing that, I found myself in a, in a place of not knowing what, what my adulthood was going to be. I found myself in a place of fear because college wasn't there. Uh, what the fuck? Like, what? I have no major. I have no, what am I falling back on? I just got to get a job. And then the space of entertainment somehow presented itself. And the lessons that my mom embedded in me all clicked in when they were supposed to. And then I hit the ground running. And then hitting the ground running, there were things that I weren't prepared for. And the mistakes that were made, well, they were supposed to be made because I had no knowledge of what to do. Nobody prepares you for the life that I live and the things that I had on the way. So I will say live, Kevin. I love it. Kevin Hart, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us and for teaching us how to identify our monsters and how to tame them. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate you. I'm aware of your platform and the work that you do and the work that you've done. Uh, and you're necessary. So I don't know if you get told that or people make you understand that, but you are very much necessary. So I hope uh, someone listening gravitated towards some of the stuff that I said and more importantly, I hope you guys go give Monsters of How to Tame them a listen. It's a good listen. Welcome to The Therapist Take. This is the part of the show where I'll break down some of my favorite strategies that Kevin suggests and share how you can apply them to your own life. Here are three of my favorite strategies that he shared. Number one, give yourself permission to go backwards sometimes. Kevin talks about the dangers of the can't-go-backwards monster. I like that he talked about this because it's likely that all of us put pressure on ourselves sometimes to keep doing better all the time. You might tell yourself that you have to earn more money this year than last, or that you need to get more new followers on social media this month than last month. And while there's nothing wrong with striving to get better, Kevin talks about the importance of taking into account that you can't always control all the factors involved in achievement. It's also important to note that progress doesn't always come in a straight line. This isn't just true in business, but it's true in all areas of our lives, including in our mental health. I have a lot of people who come into my therapy office saying that they think they're getting worse, not better. But maybe they just messed up on their diet for a week, or maybe their depression feels worse again. But a step back doesn't mean that they went all the way back to the beginning. So remind yourself it's okay to take a step backwards sometimes. Number two, don't try to do it all. Kevin says he struggled with the do-it-all monster for a really long time. And as you can see, he does a lot of stuff. 
He's on the middle of a stand-up tour. He's in lots of movies and commercials. He's opening restaurants. And he's also narrating books. But he says the only reason he can get so much done is because he doesn't try to do it all. He delegates to other people. He says no to things that aren't in line with his goals. And he reminds himself he's only one person. In his book, he shares how he used to try and squeeze way too much stuff into his days. He was taking business calls at the gym, sleeping while he was riding in a car, and trying to multitask all day, every day. Eventually, he started to see that he was doing more harm than good by trying to do everything. Pay attention to the pressure you put on yourself to do it all. Maybe you think you're just not productive enough, but in reality, maybe you just don't give yourself enough time to rest. And remind yourself that everything you say yes to means you have to say no to something else. And number three, use the not me monster to your advantage. It's true that we all know certain things are bad for us, but we're convinced that harmful consequences won't happen to us. You might think while other people will develop health problems or get in accidents as a result of their choices, it won't happen to you. That's what the not me monster does. It'll tell you something bad will only happen to other people, but not me. Remind yourself that you're not immune to consequences and use this monster to your advantage sometimes. When someone tells you that your business will fail or that you can't succeed, thinking that won't happen to you might actually help you persist. It's not just the not me monster that you can use to your advantage. If you learn how to tame all your monsters, you'll find that they can all help you in certain situations. So there are three of Kevin's tips that I highly recommend. Give yourself permission to go backwards sometimes. Don't try to do it all. And use the not me monster and all the other monsters to your advantage. To hear more of Kevin's advice, I highly recommend listening to his audiobook, Monsters and How to Tame Them. It's available on Audible. It's entertaining, funny, and yet really solid advice. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.